guarantee that we'll actually get through it all, but we're going to let the Holy Spirit have His way here this morning. And to get off a little bit of the subject first is, uh, I heard this on the radio. We were talking about how with different things that have happened in this world, as you know as a racehorse, they have blinders on their eyes that's to keep them from being distracted when they're running the race. And as Christians, I believe that we need to have these distractions, the blindfolders on our eyes, to keep yeah. us from being distracted from the world so we don't get drawn away from God. Right. And uh, so if we're, if we're all there on uh, Colossians 2, 11 through 23, say amen. 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 I'm going to pray for before we get started. Heavenly Father, we thank you, we praise you, we give you the glory this morning. And Father God, just hide me behind the cross that you just let your word speak out here this morning. And let your word speak for itself. And just, I just plead the blood of Jesus this morning. And Lord, just have your way here. Holy yes. Spirit, take control over this service this yes. morning. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children says, Amen. Amen. As we know that uh, Paul has been dealing with some false believers, or false teachers, teaching uh, people, false teaching that doesn't line up with the word. Well, right now he's actually dealing with a different type of false teachers. He's also dealing with some Judaizers that are believing in certain things that doesn't line up with the word of God, but they were believing back within Jewish tradition. And verse 11 says, in whom... Also you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. This is actually a, a spiritual circumcision, not a physical circumcision. The physical was back in Genesis chapter 17, verse 9 through 14, where it was a covenant made with God. And uh, we're going to go ahead and go there. Uh, Colossians 2, verses 11 through 23. Right now I'm going to go to uh, Genesis chapter 7, because we're talking about uh, uh, Genesis chapter 17, because we're going to be talking about, about the, the circumcision here. It was, uh, and it's 9 through 14. And 9 through 14 says, And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore thou and thy seed after thee in the generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you, and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcision, circumcised, and you shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be taken for a covenant betwixt me and you. And he that is eight days shall be circumcised among you, every man child in your generation, that he is born of the house or bought with money of any stranger which is not of thy seed. That was the covenant between the Israelites and God, that they were his people. But because what Christ did on the cross for us, he's circumcised our, our heart. He's the one who circumcised it. Because uh, when we become a new creation, uh, becoming Christ, we, we put away the old man. Yeah. 
We, we yes. don't no longer live in that old man. Yes. We, we don't have that heart of stone that we once did before we came to Christ because uh -huh. Christ transforms us. See, this, this is a spiritual transformation yep. that only God can do through His Son, Jesus Christ. Before that, it's not a physical because it's going to transform you so people can see as you have that light. So it's a, it will become once... We are saved and accept Christ. People will, will see, start seeing that change. It's not like that before when we've all been saved. and You see, start seeing the different things change in you. Things that you didn't you, that you used to do that are gone away. I know, I know in my life that has been the same way. And uh, so we're going to go with verse 12 now. It says, buried with him in baptism. You gotta remember, see, we're, we're still dealing with spiritual transformations, not physical. Buried with him in baptism, where also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation who hath raised him from the dead. If we have accepted Christ, we are buried with him in that baptism. It's a spiritual. We've died with him. As we know, the physical uh, form of baptism that the pastor would do is. You're buried with him in death, and when he raises you up, unless the pastor wants to hold you under the water for a little bit until all the bubbles stop. Some of you might get that later. But I don't need to give him any ideas. He's, I love the man. But we are buried with him in death, and then we get raised with him. But that's the physical sign. Jesus did that already for us. And if we believed him and we have faith, that's the key word. We must have faith. Mm -hmm. If without that faith, everything else is in vain. Right. Romans 6, 5 is going to talk a little bit about this baptism too. And if I'm going too fast for you guys, please let me know. Cause... Oh, I'm sorry. Could you turn me up a little bit, Pastor? All right. Romans 6, 5 is what we're going to go to next because it's going to be a little bit on the baptism. It says, For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be the likeness of his resurrection. So if we are planted with God, if we are like Jesus, as Christ, we become like Jesus. That's, that's what Christian means, Christ-like. So, if we are planted together in the likeness of his death, so when we put the, the old self, the old sins, we, we become like Christ, and we've di died like him. But we also, as Jesus rose, we are going to rise too. We, we are put into death to the old self. And of course, as we become that new creature, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ Jesus... Yes. He's a new creature. Old things have passed away and all things become new. So that means we are a new creature. We, we've died to the self as we've been buried. We've died to that old self. We don't long, no longer become the, new cre the old creation that we used to be, but we become the new creature. Right. We have a new body, a new lifestyle. We, we, we want to stay from the old lifestyles that we used to do. And we only can do that through Christ. And Paul's, that's what Paul's trying to 
tell everybody that we have a new, a new transformation that Christ's given us. We don't have to continue to keep worrying about, don't listen to these other teachers, that you need to have this circumcision, that you need to follow this way and that way. That's what Paul's trying to address to the Colossian believers because there's been teachers that's in there that's teaching this. And the thing is, there's actually people that are teaching that you have to be baptized to be saved. There's nothing in the Bible that I've ever seen by Scripture that says that you have to be baptized to be a Christian. The only thing I've ever seen is you must believe on Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Uh-huh. And confess with your mouth. Because yep. if a lot of people say, well, it's just, I've heard people say, well, it's just a few words once you become a Christian. No. If you don't confess, there hasn't really been a transformation inside you. And if we're going to look at verse 13 of Colossians 2. And it says, And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh. So, meaning we are dead in our sins. Because sins made us dead from God. Because we must remember, sins separate us from God. Uh But we are also made alive. Because of what Christ did for us on the cross. So we are dead in our sins and we haven't been circumcised because we haven't accepted Christ yet. We haven't experienced the spiritual uncircumcision and we haven't been spiritually made alive and because of we're still waiting to accept Christ. But when Christ has done that, we become alive. And he hath quickened us together. Quickened me. He's made alive. Yes. He's made us alive because of what Christ did. Yes. And we've been made alive together with him, Jesus Christ, with him, and having forgiven you of all your trespasses. Uh-huh. Meaning everything that we've ever did, past, present, or future, is all, all been done away with. Right. Because of, of the blood of Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. There's nothing else, no, no, there's no works that can ever get us into heaven. Not Allah, not Buddha. And that's the thing, Paul is still trying to tell them, without Jesus Christ, you are still dead to your sins. You still haven't reached that that spiritual spiritual circumcision that only Christ can do. It's only through the, if your faith in God that can do all this. And he's, he, and the thing is, he fulfilled the law. Christ didn't say, I didn't come to destroy the law, but I have fulfilled the law. Amen? Yes. And verse 14, it says, Blotting out the handwritten of ordinances that was against us, which, con- which was c- contrary to us, yes. and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Yes. The handwritten ordinances, meaning the written code, he took it away. He destroyed it. Because he, what Jesus did, he took all of our sins and put, put them on the cross. I couldn't uh-huh. see it there for a second. Yep. He put it all on the cross for us. He, he took everything, all of our sins for us. Yep. He put it on the cross, and that was Paul was yep. telling. Yep. That's what Paul was telling the Galatian believers. He, Jesus took it all. You don't have to go by that written code that that the uh, false teachers were telling you. People were telling them that you had to do this or that, and that was not true. 
and because Jesus took it away. And for Second Peter two twenty four. Yeah, First Peter two twenty four. As soon as I get there. And it says, who is his own self, his own self, talking about Jesus, bear our, sin, our, bear our sins in his own body. Talking about Jesus. He took the sins for us. On the tree, talking about the cross, and that we, being dead to our sins, should live righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. He took the sins on the cross for us. So that we could have everlasting life with Him. And of course, by His stripes we were, were healed. Meaning that's past tense. The, the healing's already taken place. Amen. Jesus Christ took 39 stripes. Yes. You know there's a significance to that? There's actually 39 different diseases. So he took a strike for every single disease there is out there for us. So we are already healed. Now it's time for us to start claiming that healing. Saying thank you Jesus for that healing. Amen? Yes. And in verse 15 says of Colossians 2. It says, and Having spoiled principalities and powers, he showed me them, made shoe of them openly, triumphing over them in it. He destroyed the powers to be, the people that was, uh, he made a, a public spectacle of them. He's destroyed and disannulled all the worldly ways that people were following, saying that you had to follow this way and that way, and he was, but Paul was telling these people, you didn't have to go through those ways no more, the worldly ways. As we already know, the Bible says we may be in this world, but we're just not of this world. And that's, a, that's what basically Paul was trying to say. We're in the world, but we don't have to follow these ordinances right. and these ways because Peter, or Jesus took care of them on the cross for us. Right. We must follow Jesus Christ and Him alone. Amen? Amen. And now we're going to discuss a little bit what he's taught, what we call legalism, which is even taught today. Basically, the man-made religion uh, ways that saying that you have you can't do this, you must follow the Sabbath. It says it said, let no man therefore judge you in meat or drink or in respect of a holy day or a new moon or of the Sabbath days. These. The, Paul was addressing these things and telling them, no, you don't have to worry about that. Don't let nobody judge you for, for these things because they have no thing for your, uh, as being a Christian. We don't have to worry about the Sabbath because the Judaizers were saying you have to worship on a Saturday. Yeah, according to them, that would be considered the the on the Jewish calendar the seventh Saturday would be the seventh. But we also must remember that the Sabbath was man-made; it wasn't really God-made. And uh, I looked this up. There's actually six hundred and thirteen 
uh, man-made commandments and God give us ten? So, uh, in my opinion, what, what, who, what are we going to look at? Uh-huh. Are, are, are we going to follow these 613 man-made uh, commandments? That's actually one of them is if your wife decides to burn your supper that you could actually divorce her. So, uh, um, yeah. So guys, don't get any ideas. Oh. <laughs> but God give us ten. And in verse 17 it says, Which are a shadow of things to come, but it's the body of Christ. Shadow is appearance, showing things to come. These days that he's talking about, the feast and all that, points to the coming Christ, which already came. Way back in the Old Testament, all these feasts match up to something of Jesus' coming. The leaders had the had the knowledge, but over didn't really want to follow. All all right down to the feast and the the holy days, the new moons, all that, all pointed to the coming Christ, which now has already been fulfilled. But they say that you had to do this and do that. And we are the body of Christ, amen? In verse 18 it says, Let no man beguile you. Meaning disqualify you. Come on. There's people that's going to want to disqualify us. Yes. But only God. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you Jesus for that. And reward and voluntary humility, which is false. Basically, somebody's going to disqualify wants to disqualify you. That's what Paul's trying to tell him. Yeah. Disqualify and falsely uh, accuse you and worshiping of the angels intruding onto those things which have not seen but vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. We should never be in the fleshly mind and that we need to be have the spiritual mind. Amen? Yes. I've heard that saying you're too heavenly minded to be any earthly good. I disagree with that. You can never be too heavenly minded. Because if, I know if it's, I believe it's in this book, uh, 3, yeah. Colossians 3, 1 says, if you be written, uh, no. Yeah. If ye be risen with Christ, set those things which are above, which Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And then also in verse 2, it says, set your affection on the things above, not on the things of the earth. See right there. Our mind needs to be on the on heaven, yeah. not so much on the earth. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't pray about things that are going on in the earth, but we need to keep our mind on the things of heaven, yeah. and not let us get distracted by the things of this earth. And the thing is, people they were they were saying that uh, earth was evil still because they they didn't think that God could create. Uh, earthly things because they thought that was made by God by by evilness that's why they also didn't believe that Jesus could be the son of God that was the false teaching that Paul was trying to address here and they were saying that you could worship angels we already know that when Jesus 
ascended back into heaven, he had become above, higher than the angels. And that's what Paul was trying to address, that we do not worship the angels, which is anxious. It's unscriptural, and, and it's not true. So we can look at Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. And now shall says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Right there. We thing is, we're not supposed to worship angels. We shouldn't worship the pastor of a church or, or a denomination of a church. Because we could put thing anything a God before us, and that's what Paul was trying to address here. Not just the worshiping of angels. You could take that into more in depth thing. We we could put our jobs as a as an idol. We could put money as an idol. We could put the government in, as an idol. Yeah. But that that's not what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. God and only God before is first in our lives. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it should always be. Yeah. And in verse 19 it says, And not holding the head from which all the body and the joints by having nourishment ministered and knit together Increase with the increase of the God. We must be connected to Christ and Christ alone. He is the head of the church, which holds all things together. So without without Jesus, the church would fall apart. The body of Christ would be falling apart. And how, how do we get our spiritual? How do we get our food for one? Our physical food. Oh, we eat. We eat. So. Yes, and how do we get our spiritual food? By the Word of God. Because we must remember that Jesus is the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is the Word, and He's the one that gives us nourishment. He's the head of the body. Just like the the man, the husband, is the head of the household. But don't forget, guys, that the woman's the neck and can turn you which way you want to go. Some of you guys might get that later. But... He is the head, and he's the one that holds everything together. Yeah, he is. Amen? Come on. And he gives us the increase. Well, where does the increase come from? The increase comes from God and God alone. Amen? He's the one that gives us the increase. And we must put him above all things. And when we listen to him, he, gives us the, he will give us the words to say when we need to say it. Amen? And verse 20 it says, wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ. So, when we've accepted Christ, we, we, we've died to the self. Right. And, and we become part of Christ. And that's what Paul's trying to, to say. But from the rudiments of this world. The basic principles. Uh-huh. Before Christ, there was basic principles saying that you couldn't do this, couldn't do that. Which, like I said, Jesus fulfilled the law. He didn't destroy it, he just fulfilled it. Everything that that was pointed to him, he fulfilled it. And, uh, and again, we may be of the world, but we're not in this world. Right. Why is there living in the world? Again, living in the world, but not of it. Right. Are you subject to the ordinances, regulations? Anything? There was regulations on everything, and Paul was trying to address that, but we didn't need to. We don't need to live, if we are with Christ, 
and Christ living in us, we don't need to continue to keep living for the world, living to these basic principles, living for the regulations. Because that, that's what they were trying to teach. Taste not, taste, touch not, taste not, and handle not. Because they were saying you, you couldn't touch a dead body, otherwise you had to, you're unclean for seven days, or whatever the yes. case may be. That you, you couldn't uh, eat pork. I don't know about you, but I love to eat me a little porky pig. <laughs> because that was considered to them an unclean animal. But we also remember that when Peter was on the, the house, that he, God came to him in a vision and had all the, this white sheet came, came down, had all the animals that they would consider unclean. Three times. And God was telling him, go eat. And he said, no, I, nothing unclean or uncommon has come to my lips. Correct. Well, God says, don't, whatever I've cleansed, you do not call unclean. So, because what Jesus did, he, he wiped all that away. We, we don't need to continue to fall. And that's the thing. Paul was addressing these, these believers that the false teachers were, were coming and, and see. Paul had never met with this church before. It was uh, planted by a, another fellow believer that might have been saved under Paul's ministry. That planted the church, Ephoritus or whatever his name was. I can't remember right offhand. So Paul had never actually been face to face, and he was in prison in Rome right at the point. But he was addressing these believers because there was false teachings saying that you still had to fall under the Jewish law even though... Christ had fulfilled all the law. So he was trying to address these people. No, you're doing it all wrong. You need to follow Christ. You don't need to worry about what, what you're holding on to, that you can't do this, that you have to follow these basic principles. And verse 22 says, which all are perished to using. These things, they're going to perish with everything. And only Christ fulfilled that. Right. So, why are we still following them? That's what Paul's addressing. Well, why are we still trying to follow these things? You know, you have the teaching. You have the word. But why are we following this stuff? Because people will, will follow things that may sound good, maybe even sound realistic. So they're going to say, well, this sounds a little more believing than what this does. And so they're going to go over this way. That's why we have a bunch of cults that come in. Because they want to take things. They have one scripture. And they take it. And that's what they follow after. Right. Even though, like Steve was saying this morning... You got to read the scriptures before and the scriptures after, yeah. because if you take that one scripture, you're, you're going to twist it to actually different than what it means. Yeah. So, and again, it says after the commandments and the doctrines of men. These are man-made commandments, not God-made, man-made. We want to take the things Paul is addressing them because they want to take things that or man-made, yes. and use it for their own good. Yes. But Paul's telling said, no, 
These are man-made. These, these didn't come from God. These came from man. And, and we need to think that we cannot take things and twist them to our own liking, saying that, that it's good that we, that we just take it for, and twist it in the Scripture for our use. That's why there are so many different translations out there. Because they want to twist the Word just enough to fit their own way. And that's, that's not the way it's supposed to work. Because God's Word is the only true Word. It says back in Revelation, it's not... Do not change one, one word, add or taken away from it. I take that pretty seriously, yeah. because you're, it says you're going to get all the, the plagues and things that come to that book. So, I, I I take that pretty seriously. And the thing is, they're twisting the word to fit their own ways. And uh, can I get verse 23 in the ESV for me, Pastor? Sure enough. Gotta give me a second to figure it out. Uh, Take your time. Right. It's not a rush. I'm going to read it out of here, and then I'm going to explain it from the ESV, because I thought that was easier to understand. In verse 23, it says, Which things have indeed shew of wisdom, and will worship in humility and the Neglecting of the body, not in honor to the satisfying flesh. Are we at the ESV? No. No, that's not. Nope. Still didn't. Do you have the ESV, Steve? Yes. One thing I looked up, um, because they, where they use the word asceticism, uh-huh. I didn't know what that was. So I looked it up. It means frugality or denying yourself. You know. Yeah. Uh, okay, my uh, verse twenty-three. Yes. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Okay. So in other words, they do you no good in resisting temptation or failing to the flesh. And that word, these have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism, denying yourself and whipping up on yourself and all that stuff. All those things that you talked about really don't do any good. Yeah. We've already received it from Christ. That's right. I mean, it... okay, see, they have an appearance of wisdom. Just, just because it seems like it's good doesn't necessarily mean it is good. I mean, just, we might have, we might have some teacher that has great wisdom. Facts, not always truth. And truth is not always facts. But just because it seems like it's good and the person might have great wisdom and says this person has it all together doesn't necessarily mean it is because it says in promoting self-made religion. Self. I don't see Jesus in that. Do you? It doesn't say Jesus made religion. we got to remember religion is what put Jesus on the cross. Religion don't save you. Religion's what tried to keep Jesus in the grave. Mm. 
But he rose. Amen. Glory to God. And a severity to the body, but they are no value in stopping in the indulgence of the flesh. Meaning we, we need to, we can't put satisfy the flesh through our own desires. Only Jesus is the one that can do that. Amen. It's through Jesus that can stop all this. And Paul was addressing those believers that it's not of yourself. And just because it looks like it's good wisdom and looks like it's great doesn't stop what Jesus done. But we must remember religious rules cannot change a heart. Only God can change the heart. Amen. Glory to God. And only the Holy Spirit can do that. Without the Holy Spirit, without Jesus, we wouldn't be where we're at. Amen? Amen. It's through Jesus that can do it. And we have the power because of the Holy Spirit. We have the same power that Jesus got because He gave it to us through the Holy Spirit. He says, the greater works are, are, are these that you will do than I. So we're going to do greater works. Amen. Amen. Wow, I thought I was going to have to do a little dance up here. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. Yes. Let's just go ahead and pray.